know what? Our bodies kind of wear out. Yeah, I know you got young, young, young people don't know what I'm talking about, but you will. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but God says, I'm not just redeeming your spirit. I'm going to redeem. I've purchased back your body. It is going to be glorified. When you go to be with Jesus, when he returns or we go to be with him, the day is coming when we will receive a glorified body just like Jesus received when he was raised from the dead. Jesus' physical body didn't look very good after it was taken down from that cross. I mean, it looked pretty bad according to Scripture. Isaiah the prophet said he was marred just terribly, terribly. But when Jesus was resurrected, let me tell you, it was a different body. And it was glorified. He still kept the hands in his uh, feet, and uh, the, excuse me, the holes in his hands and feet, but it was a glorified body. That's part of our inheritance. A glorified body that doesn't feel aches and pains and doesn't get old and none of that stuff anymore. It's eternal. Matter of fact, eternity with God is our inheritance. So these are all promises that come from our faith in Christ. And they're awesome. But there's one more there that I just, I just really like this one. It says that we are shielded by God's power even now. It says that right there into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that's ready to be revealed in the last time. While we're walking on this earth, we're shielded by Him. That word shielded is actually a military term. It's translated kept in some other uh, translations, but it's a military term picturing a sentry standing guard as protection against the enemy. God is watching over us. And he, by his power, is, is keeping us. He's shielding us. There's other passages. Philippians 1.6. It says, uh, the Apostle Paul, writing to the Philippians under the inspiration of the Spirit, said this, And I am sure that God, who began the good work within you... Okay, we've all had that beginning. If you've received Christ as your Savior, as your Lord and your Savior, God has begun that good work in you. I am sure that God, who began the good work within you, will continue His work until it is finally finished on that day when Christ Jesus comes back again. What God started, He's going to complete. And you can't listen to, you know, am I going to make it? No, just listen. God is faithful. He's faithful. 1 Corinthians 1, 8 and 9 says this. He will keep you strong to the end. Now, when you read through the letters to the Corinthians, were they a church that was really healthy and strong and just, I mean, they were just had it all together? No, when you start reading through that letter, it's like, I feel pretty good about myself. Because <laughs> some of the stuff they were into was like, oh my goodness. That's the letter to the Corinthians. But, but God says to these people who, they have areas in their life that need to get straightened out by the help of Christ, but He will keep you strong to the end. Amen. I don't care what you're struggling with. If you want to be free, the Lord will get you free. 
It'll happen. He will keep you strong to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God, who has called you into fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, is faithful. He has made a commitment to us that is amazing. You are my workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. I'm going to do this in you. So, just kind of recapping this thing. The first point, the promises of our faith in Christ. God's mercy. We've been given a new birth, a new life. We're born into a living hope. We're born into an inheritance. And we are shielded by His power even now. Okay, so that's just the promises. Now let's take a look at... The second point, the proving of our faith. Okay. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. That's in the scriptures too. So, the the people that the Apostle Peter is writing to, they're going through difficulties. Okay, what are they going through? Well, if you read all the way through First Peter, it will share some of the things that they were going through. But in this passage right here, it just says all kinds of trials. They were going through all kinds of stuff. And in this room today, I'm sure there are people that are going through all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's life. Life isn't always easy. But God says something here. Maybe you're going through a difficult time. And maybe it has nothing to do with decisions you made. It's coming from outside. Or maybe you made some decisions and it's brought some difficulty. I don't know. But God says your faith is more valuable than gold. See... God treasures our faith in Him. He treasures it. And He does all these things to cause our faith to become even more pure. And, you know, that typically it doesn't happen during the really easy times, but when we go through some tough times, that's kind of when most of that work happens. Verse 7 says, These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire. God sees all the treasures of the world. He sees all the palaces, all the mansions. You know? You ever go to one of those shows on the these outlandish homes of the rich and famous or something like that? And you you watch it for a while and you're thinking, I can't even relate to this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like Really? But anyway, God sees all that. He sees all the gold in Fort Knox. I assume there's still gold in Fort Knox. I don't know. But anyway, he sees all of that. And he says, your faith is worth so much more than any of those things. I want you to think about this. Your faith in Christ is so valuable to God. 
Gold means nothing to him. I mean, we know, we read that even the streets in the new, uh, the new uh, uh, heavens, it's paved with gold. I mean, gold doesn't mean anything to God. But oh, when he sees the faith that you have, and he's given us all a measure of faith, Scripture says. He kind of starts the ball rolling. But when he sees that, that is so precious to him. Gold is purified by fire. That's what it says. But gold isn't eternal. Your faith is. God treasures this faith that you have in him. He doesn't see it lightly. And he sees the things that we go through. Am I saying God causes all that? No. But he sees everything that we go through. He's with us in everything that we go through. And his plan, his preordained plan, is that the trials and things that we go through here in life, they don't destroy your faith. They don't cripple your faith. They don't vandalize your faith. They prove your faith genuine. You've, they, they show that you have a real faith. You might be going through something tough and the devil says, man, if there was a God, this stuff wouldn't be happening. If there was a God who cared, this stuff wouldn't even be happening. People go through things like that. But faith rises up in us and says, I may not understand everything that's happening, but I trust God. I put my hope in God. I put my hope in Christ. You see, the difficult times and the trials that come are to prove our faith genuine. What's there? It shows what's really there. And God delights in that. Because look at this next part. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine, and look at this next part, and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Now, some of the commentaries I went to talked about, you know, it being both ways, the praise, glory, and honor that we receive and the praise, glory, and honor that Christ receives. I personally think it's just talking about us. I think it's just talking about us. Let me just read this little passage here. Praise, glory, and honor is what is given to each person who in the face of darkness and pain of earthly circumstances and opposition continues to trust the Father and the Son. Their faith proves God's power to guard them and fill them with joyful hope. When we go through the difficult times and we don't abandon our faith and we don't question our faith, we just continue to believe, God, you're my God. Jesus, you're my Savior. I trust you. I believe your word. God says, I I am going to so commend you for that on the day when Jesus finally does come again. Your faith is precious to God. The promises of our faith in Christ 
Secondly, the proving of our faith in Christ. The third one, I'll finish with this, the passion of our faith in Christ. Verse 8. Though you have not seen him, you, you love him. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Boy, there's faith. There's faith. Peter couldn't say that. He wrote it, but he couldn't say it about himself because he had seen Jesus. Peter had walked with Jesus. Peter had spent a lot of time with Jesus. So he's not talking about himself. He's talking about these people that he's writing to. They've never seen Jesus. And yet, they believe and they love him. How many in this room would say, I have literally seen Jesus? I'm hoping no hands go up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> then we'll talk later and find out what happened. But anyway, <clears throat> yes, I know there's visions and things. I understand. I have not literally seen Jesus. I haven't seen him. But I love him. You haven't seen him. But you love him. Oh, I tell you what, that is precious to God. It goes on to say this. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled. And we'll get to the rest of that. You don't see him now, but you still believe. There was an incident uh, after Jesus died. The apostles, they were pretty broken up. I mean, they thought he was dead. Like, this is, we don't know what to do next because Jesus is dead. And then, he was raised back to life and he showed himself to the apostles. Of course, they were, first they were scared, but they were so happy because they saw him. He was alive. One of the disciples wasn't there when Jesus revealed himself to the disciples. His name was Thomas. Thomas wasn't there. And so, uh, then Jesus left. Thomas comes back, joins the disciples, and they say, hey, we saw Jesus. And Thomas says, unless I see the holes in his hands and feet, and I think he said, but put, his hand, put my hand in his side where the Spirit pierced him, he said, I won't believe. Well, sometime later, Jesus comes again and shows himself to the disciples. And Thomas is there. And Thomas says, well, actually, Jesus said, hey, Thomas, Thomas, check it out. Put your hand to my side. <laughs> I don't think Thomas did. And he said, I believe. But Jesus said some words here. Uh, let's go to this um, next slide. Actually, I don't even think it's in that slide. So, John twenty twenty nine. Jesus told them, because you have seen me, you have believed Blessed are those, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So Thomas, you're believing because you see me. But you want to know who's really blessed? All of those people that are coming that will have never had an opportunity to see me and yet they still believe. We've got some blessed people in this room today. We haven't seen Jesus but we believe. We haven't seen Jesus, but we love Him. That's that passion that comes from our faith. See, we're in a relationship with God. 
We're not just existing with him. We're in a relationship with him. Well, it goes on, finishing off our text. You believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. There's joy in having Jesus in your life. I can see it written all over your faces right now. (laughs) There is joy. I think the Lord is challenging me to have more joy. You know, when I think about all that he's given me, to have joy, to rejoice. Never been much of a dancer, but the day's coming when you might just see me dancing up here because I'm filled with so much joy. (laughs) Don't take pictures. (laughs) Just worship him with me. We have so much, church. Oh, let's not let it get old. Don't let it get old. It's like, don't let it turn into, yeah, I'm a Christian. Don't let it turn into that. Let it always be, yeah, I'm a Christian. I got Jesus in my heart. I've got a new life. I've been forgiven. I've got hope. I've got his peace. He's going to lead my life. Let's not lose that. I'll finish with this. When we went to Juneau, when we moved from Kansas to Alaska, there was a lot of it was a lot different. Alaska is different than Kansas in quite a few ways. Yeah, it was amazing. So we moved to Alaska. Lori and I did. Didn't have any kids yet. And there's just mountains everywhere. Okay, I grew up in Nebraska. We have hills. They're not that big, but we have hills. Mountains everywhere. It was amazing. And we moved into this apartment. And it's like, you, you looked out, and you saw mountains. You wake up in the morning, and you see mountains. And every day it was like, this is just amazing. I mean, this is awesome. Eagles flying around, bears running around. I mean, this, we were in Juneau. We moved to Juneau first. And then... In Juneau, the clouds come down and settle for a few days at a time. So you see mist everywhere. And then the clouds would lift and it's like, mountains. I found myself, after being in Juneau for a few years, yeah, mountains. Yeah, mountains. No biggie. Got to drive around it. Good grief. If that wasn't there, it wouldn't take so long to get there. Got to drive around the mountain. What was so magnificent became so routine. Church, let's never let our faith be that way. What was so magnificent just becomes routine. Yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I'm saved. Yeah, I'm not going to hell. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Got God in my life. What's for lunch? Let's not let it get routine. Are you glad Jesus is in your life? Amen. Well, tell him right now. Tell him you're glad. <laughs> All right? Come on. <clears throat> Are you glad you have a living hope? We work, I mean, you work around people and you live in neighborhoods where people don't have hope. You know? 
They might have big motorhomes or they might have this or that, but they don't have hope. We have so much. And your faith, that's right, your faith is worth more than all the gold that this earth holds. It is precious. It is so valuable to God. And when you go through a difficult time, and we do, your faith will just be proved genuine. You won't toss it away. You'll say, God is with me. I believe. I trust. Now, I want to close the service, but what I felt like was kind of in my heart was that the Lord said, and worship team, you can come on up here. I felt like the Lord was showing me that there's some people going through some kind of difficult times right now and that uh, he would like for us to pray for them. So I know it's kind of a stretch. I'm going to invite people to come up and we're going to pray for you. And it's a little bit of a stretch for you to come forward. But I'm just saying I felt like that's what God wanted. There are some people that are going through some difficult times. Your faith may be kind of going through some testing right now. But we don't have to go through all this all by ourselves. We love one another. We encourage one another. We pray for one another. We do that. So let's stand together. The worship team is going to lead in the chorus. We're going to finish our service with worship. But I don't want anybody to come to church today that is is going through a difficult time and then leaves church still kind of burdened because of what they're going through. I don't want that to happen. So if you are going through a difficult time, I just ask you to come right up here. We're going to pray. We care about one another. We're a family. And we want to help one another. We rejoice with one another. We can even mourn with one another at times. So, just come on up, even now.